It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood, a neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Ahí, ahí está la cosa. Welcome, mi gente. Estamos aquí de nuevo, and we're asking you, would you, could you be ours? For the next 45 minutes to an hour, it's going to be another spectacular episode of the Brooklyn Knights, the podcast. As always, I'm one half of your Brooklyn Knights team. My name is Mr. Ness, and with me, as always, is my dopalicious partner. Whoa, love it. Jay's in the building. Yes, Mr. Jay's in the house. How are you this week, Mr. Jay? All is well, bro. Uh, another week uh, at it. Uh, but yeah, it's a it's a nice day. I mean, besides the rain, it got a little bit uh, uh, cloudy this morning, but it looks it's looking good now. And uh, we're here, we're here, we're here in a, in a frosty end of October, creeping towards Halloween uh, episode of uh, Brooklyn Nights. Uh, this one, who are the people in your hood? <laughs> <laughs> And as you saw at the top of the intro, we had our old friend, our good friend, uh, may God rest his soul, Indeed. El Señor Don Rogers, uh, Mr. Rogers. Uh, you know, he was he was like legendary for for at least for me coming up. Like he was part of my my development as a as a young man. Uh, it was was Mr. Rogers part of your life? Yeah, and it was. It just felt so Zen like, right when you. And you heard Mr. Rogers come on. Um, you know, it was a, it didn't represent what was going on in Brooklyn at the time, but it still felt like a common attribute to yeah. to my mornings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Mr. Rogers taught us a bunch of things, and I was just talking with one of my work colleagues about how he was. If if you watch the movies about his life, there's a documentary. There's a there's a movie with Tom Hanks. Is he was really trying to push the issue on integration on introducing us children to some themes that that were going to come in, in later in our lives and, and so like like Mr. Rogers you know today's episode is going to focus on people who potentially uh, had some influence in our life at the very minimum they've showed up uh as we did pre-production for the show we were cracking up because i was saying things and you were like Yo, I had one of those, right? And and then you would say something, I'd be like, "Yep, they, they exist in our yeah. <laughs> And I'm sure our listeners are all going to be like, "Yeah, we had one of those in our neighborhood too," you know. So, but but you're right. I mean, Mr. Rogers was to use you know to use the phrase woke. I mean, my man was woke. He he certainly was. He certainly was. And and I for one am grateful to have had him in my life. You know, Mr. Rogers, Sesame Street. 321 Contact, all of these PBS shows that, uh, you know, taught me things that that I needed to know. Yeah. And, um, and it goes with the theme as well. It's uh, people in the neighborhood and it's it's also people, you know, obviously that we're watching on TV. It's almost the same thing that these are the people that are influencing us during our, our growing up period. So, um, yeah. Like absolutely. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this one. Yeah, yeah. So you know, look, we we only have forty five minutes for this thing because we wanna we wanna honor people's time and commitment to the show. Um, so you know, let's just get right into who are the people in the hood, and we've referenced a couple of them already in in previous episodes. So I'm gonna start with my favorite. At now, back then, not so much. And 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 here, here's the uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Here's the um, it's not the waiver. It's it's uh you know some people call it the cop out right sure. we we're saying this with love right we're we're not trying to make fun of people we're not trying to diss or insult we just sharing information and knowledge as it was presented to us absolutely and, and we realize that some of our listeners might be some of the folks that we're talking about that they might be some of the <laughs> characters in or, the or they might be related to yeah. to these people <laughs> también and and so it's with great love and respect for la familia y, y la gente uh, that we're going to talk about uh there's jokes because you know if there's anything that 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 brooklynites do is we crack on people uh, but if we crack on you it's cuz we like you right <laughs> <laughs> for, for the most part 
so we're going to start with one of my favorites, uh, Doña Teresa. Right? Eh, rayo. And Doña Teresa is, is an older woman. Uh, she dresses in the bata, the, the, the English translation, nightgown, uh, flower print, uh, chancletas. Maybe she has rolos in her hair. But she lives in the window. And previous, when we were talking about her, I said, you know, she lives in the fourth floor or higher. And, and typically, the higher the building, the higher up Doña Teresa lived, the more she could see. But sometimes, Doña Teresa lived on the first floor, right by the steps to enter the building. And so she knew all your business. So an effective right? Doña Teresa either lives on the first floor or on uh -huh. the fourth. So she has to have that peripheral view that the first floor gives a quick access to to you directly or and the fourth floor just gives a access to the entire block all all your business so like if you thought you were down on the corner doing your business in private doña teresa was on the phone with your mother like mira tu sabes lo que está haciendo tu nieto allá o tu hijo allá abajo and then you came home you got slapped and, and you didn't even know why you, you're wondering right how did how did moms know this information Doña, Doña Teresa. Teresa. That's right. That's right. So so that's, you know, for me, I have multiple Doña Teresas in my life. And, you know, I, I say Doña Teresa. I didn't actually know a Teresa. Uh, her name was either Blanca or Ramona or, or Tata or, you know, some variation of a Spanish nickname that, that we give to people. And we'll talk about nicknames a little later on. But Doña Teresa is, is my is my like my number one draft pick. Doña Teresa. Who do you got? No, and just to just to brush up a little bit on Doña Teresa, she's actually a pretty good person, though, right? Like, she is looking yes. out for you, man. Like, you know, yes, es bochinchera and a veces dice demasiado y te chotea, pero Doña Teresa's intentions were always good, right? She was yes. always, yes. ese nene se va a meter en problema, and I'm going to tell his mother before he does so. Absolutely. So she wanted to keep you out of trouble. It's just you didn't see it that way when you were a kid. Uh, and sometimes Doña Teresa actually had good candies too. Like she would give me, Nene, Nene, sube que tengo un dulce para ti. You know, and I think that was to, to make up for all the times that she got you or, or me. Yeah, absolutely. Or she has still limbas in the uh, refrigerator. In the <laughs> you know, we're going to have to come up with a, a Spanish to English dictionary because we said bochinchal, which means to gossip. Limbe is a, is a Puerto Rican special recipe for ices that are made in a cup. And typically, the best one is made with coconut, and the cinnamon kind of went all the way to the bottom. Rico, Ooh, yeah, yeah. It's like uh, it's like coquito, but but yeah, it's so delicious. Yeah, so so, um, my favorite character, or, or not my favorite, the, like my number one draft pick on the on the character list was dressed up old man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that was just suited out. Brown mm -hmm. suit, nice Kango, um, you know, a feather in his cap, dressed yeah. to the T. I mean, and jewelry, this was jewelry head, right? Yeah, obviously, it was always either a gold watch, a few gold rings. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and and you know the reason it, it, this man was just dressed up every day. It was it wasn't a Sunday thing. <laughs> it didn't matter. Right? Didn't matter. Wednesday night, he's dressed up. <laughs> Why? Yo no sé. I never asked him. I, I know I knew him, but uh, you know, I, I never and you know, I think that's part of the tragedy of this is that like we remember these people. Uh, some of them we didn't have conversations with because we just You respected existed. that. Yeah, you respected yeah. you respected his his game and you just you knew for some reason he was dressed up. Every day for some reason, right? And and, and I think we alluded to this um, a little bit during our our pre uh, production that you know it, it tends to be yes the dressed up old man, right? And that person when did they grow up in in what time era? It was yeah. the nineteen forties, the nineteen fifties, the sixties, where everybody dressed in that fashion, and this person just you know felt comfortable, yeah. decided to, this is how a real man should dress. Um, they never scolded you on the way that you dressed. 
you remember we were going through fashion, like, you know, our tight pants or loose pants, but he was so proud of his, you know, his repetition, you know, his rep and, and the way that he, he just felt so comfortable in that environment every day. Uh, but I think it has to do a lot with that, you know, and, and, you know, it's funny because that person, right, the background, the backdrop in Brooklyn is there's a lot of, it's gritty, right? It's, it's empty lots. It's, it's, you know, trash cans are just turned over. But here comes this man in this suit, just swagger, looking fly. Um, and you can tell that the clothes also make the man, right? He feels good. He looks good. Um, and he walks like he he knows that he does, you know? So <laughs> It's true. I mean, you know, Don, Don Rodrigo, Don Cornelio, Don, Don Pepe. Uh, Esteban, Don Pepe, like... He, you know, that was his first name to everybody was Don, even though Don is a is a term of affection or endearment, like Mr. It's it's a it's a descriptor, like a gentleman of a certain age. But refined, always a gentleman, like 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 smooth, new new manners, uh, you know, please and thank you, uh, help people cross the street, like always a kind word, uh, a staple. You know, definitely dressed up old guy, uh, yep. one of my favorites. And, and one, one other thing about dressed up old guy, the dude smelled fly. He smelled like <laughs> old spice. Old spice. <laughs> and some type of pomada. Yes. Yeah. Like even the hair, when, it, when the hat came off, his oh. hair was pristine. And he always had one of those um, those comb over combs, those, those black, you yes. know, plastic combs yes. too. Yes. God bless him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go outside and look for dressed up old guy. He's, he's still around. He's he's timeless uh, in every block. Um, let's keep moving because our list is exhaustive. We came up with like thirty something, fifty something people. Uh, another one of my favorites, and you know, some people are not gonna understand the reference. We'll try to explain it. I call I call her Titi Chacon, <laughs> and so uh, Titi obviously means aunt. But Chacon, in, in Puerto Rican iconography, she was, uh, you know, like it, it's not justice to call her Selena because she wasn't really a singer, but she was a performer, you know. And she was like somehow, and, and I, I hope I'm not cheapening it and, and people may get mad at me for this, but like she's J-Lo. Like the, the, the mold that J-Lo pulls all her inspiration from like she needs to thank Iris Chacon because Iris Chacon was the original like fly girl and and the body she had you know like we 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 referenced that she sang she danced but also she she looked it real good right yeah and- she she was she was uh she's basically a model um, you know, she came from a family of sisters who were all famous as performers. So they were like part of the variety show in Puerto Rico, the the like the the, the nine o'clock variety show. And every musical interlude featured Iri Chacon. And then her sister Lourdes Chacon tried to be a singer first and then decided like I need to go back to the family business. But these are women that typified uh uh a body type or ideal at the time that was uh, curvy, voluptuous. They embraced uh, their 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 body. They flaunted it. You know, their costuming, their their, their presentation. Talented because she could sing. You know, she was a triple that sing, dance, act, comedy, all that kind of stuff. But the reason there's a titi chacon, right, is that this is the aunt that's at every party dancing. <laughs> that is dressed up like shows up and you're like titi this is a house party and you know she's showing up like she's going out clubbing dressed to the um, t makeup hair perfume uh, uh and a and a, a kind of a presence like this this je ne sais quoi that like she walked into the room and everybody stopped and was like oh shit titi chacon is here um i used to love dancing with titi chacon by the way I used to hate dancing with Titi Chacon. I used to love it. <laughs> I was embarrassed because she would make me do stuff. I couldn't do. I couldn't do these dances. Uh, yeah, I would love now. it because because you know you're you're a little bit younger when you know 
the, the Chacon dances for everybody. It's not yeah, specific yeah. to, you know, and she usually dances with the, you know, with the, with the young kids too, because, you know, she, she's having fun. It's not all about yeah. um, anything else beyond that. But you as a young man, you're like, hmm, uh, I, my eyes are like where <laughs> they need to be dancing with Titi Chacon. Yeah. With Titi Chacon. See, my, my memories of Titi Chacon is she would give me a kiss on the cheek and she always had this really red lipstick that would leave lipstick on my face for like the rest of the night because it wouldn't come off. Yeah. And um, and the perfume would stay yeah. with you for on you. the entire night. But, but I think your distinction is important. Titi Chacon came to have fun. She wasn't there to be flirty and to pick up. Like she was there to enjoy the party. She made sure that people were dancing, that people were eating, that they were having fun. Um, but Titi came early and she was one of the last people to leave. You got to give it up to Titi Chacons around the world. Like, yeah, they, they, that's like you say, they, they were there early. They, they were always helping out, you know, and, and wherever they, they were needed, you know, if moms or whoever's hosting a party needed a hand, Titi, Ch- Titi Chacon was, was, she was down, you know, she was, yeah, I'm, she was dressed and, you know, she was ready to roll and, and, and 19 inch heels, yeah. you know, but she's running up, up and down stairs and she's ready. And, and, and yeah. one of the reasons I like Titi Chacon is because she makes, she makes you feel good too, as a person, right? She's, she's yeah. always happy, man. And, and she emphasizes that, like, she's really a, like just outgoing and yeah, I like Titi Chacon. Yeah. Titi Chacon was good. All right, that's enough about Titi Chacon. Who's who's next on your list? We'll just go back and forth all day with oh, this. Oh, come thing. on, man. Uh, Drunko. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, Drunko. Yeah. Man. And, and, so, and we all have a Drunko, right? And 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 I think within the Latin community, Drunko is a little bit different, right? Than yeah. um, your run-of-the-mill American Drunko, right? In my yes. case... My drunkle was, you know, he he was he was still like first generation, right? So he spoke, you know, decent English, but Spanish was still prevalent, right? Yeah. And he had yeah. the mustache, he had the gold chains. Um, and the odd thing about drunkle is that this man worked, you know, he was a hustler. Mm-hmm. He was drunk after work, but the man was always up at six o'clock in the morning ready to grind ready to get that money to again go through the process of getting drunk during the evening and having a good time um, he earned he earned his drink <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, uh. and, and and again every drunkle is different my version of my drunkle was he was really a father figure in my life um and I had a few drunkles, um, but I, I, I really just gravitate to one. Um, and and this man was just—I mean, he was great, man. Um, more the advice came more from a masculine kind of point of view, right? Like, yeah. like you know, we yeah. we talk about you know in the uh, the Latin community, the in machismo, it's it's big, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's mm-hmm. where my drunkle. That's where he grew up in that environment. So, you know, his advice was always it had to do from a masculine point of view. If it was with the females, if it was fighting, um, it was always some type of advice. And it the knowledge dropped even more when he was drunk, though. Like the sh- the stuff that would come out of his, you know, his they're two different people, right? You got yeah. Sano. And you got him drunk. Drunk was OD, just spitting all kinds of advice. And the shit sometimes made sense. And yeah. sometimes it wouldn't. Sometimes mm-hmm. he would talk about, you know, uh, situations that he got himself in and the tears would start flowing. And it was, <laughs> it was a lot. But yeah, but it was great, man. It was just so much fun speaking to Drunkle, man, and 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 that was my experience with Drunkle, and 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 I think this character, um, he's through, he, he's with me through, he stays with me a lot, right? It's not just the random character that I don't have a lot of exposure to. Drunkle stays in my life for a long period, the way that the Drunkle should stay. How how was uh, 
your <laughs> drunko situation. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, you know, what's funny is a, a lot of these types that we talk about are are elders, and you know, if you come up as we did, you're you're taught to have a healthy respect and admiration for for your elders, and and whether they earned it or not, you were told to respect your elders, and you know, there's there's levels of that shit, right? So, you know, I didn't have very many uncles. Um, my my uncles. On my dad's side, we're in Puerto Rico, uh, so in a lot of ways, my 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 father here was was drunkle for like my cousins and stuff. Um, and then on, on my mother's side, I only have one uncle, and he was not a, a drunkle. You know, he he partied, but he was not the one that we, was going to get twisted and then sure. get you in a corner and 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 drop knowledge like that. So my exposure to drunkle comes as a result of my friends who I came up, uh, you know, and go to their parties and all that kind of stuff. And and so while there's Drunkle, like you said, the one that dropped knowledge and, you know, some of those uh, jewels stay with you to this day. My exposure to Drunkle is the one that got so drunk he would mess up your Sweet 16 and, like, get in a fight with people and, like, tables are getting turned over and he's fighting his ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend because like, how dare you bring him to the party uh, so there's that version of Drunk Tambien that that he's a little rowdy, uh, can't really control his liquor necessarily. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. still about that that life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, everybody's got somebody got to keep an eye on Drunko, right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So there was there was that Drunko. So I, you know, shouts to Drunko. Um, you know, the ones that that held it down and, and gave the gems. Before um, you move on to the next character, there's one thing I did <laughs> want to say about um, drunkles or you know uncles within the uh, within the uh, the family circle, right? Um, yes. and, and you alluded to it at, as um, you know you might not have a it might in some cases it's not even your uncle, it's your cousin, right? It's an older cousin. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and and sometimes like in, in my experience or upbringing, I grew up in a you know, one of these uh, family buildings, right? Where it has like three or four um, floors. And the thing is that family, the entire family is in that damn building. So, so, so you- you, he lives on the third floor. Theo lives on the fourth floor. You live on the first. Exactly. So, you know, the exposure for, for me was, it was just, it was constant, right? And it was funny because as, you know, you hanging out with your crew and your boys are like, Oh shit, Jay! That comes your uncle, you know, <laughs> and 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 my uncle would would school them as well as they also had drunkles that yep. would come and drop knowledge on you. Yeah, and your interaction with them was a little bit different because they were not your drunkle, where or where they were not family, but you still, you know, you still flowed yeah. with them and you took their advice. Yeah. But but that's the funny thing is that there was so, in, in in my circumstance there was so many people on the block that fit. The category is a drunkle, even though they might have just been a cousin, a friend, or uncle of a friend. So, yeah, at a certain point, it, like they're all family. You know, I don't, I don't know how many of my best friends, you know, family. That that's my titi. You know, that's that's my other mother. That's that's that. It just became a thing. So, yeah. and, and another thing that I do want to say is, you know, we we mention these 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 characters because again, because they're giving us, um, they're giving us knowledge and they're giving us uh they allow us to reminisce right and 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 again i mean it, it's to me it was i i i love drunk i love this man you know and and you know i think the the thing that we can kind of take away from drunk as well is you know it was a hard life. You know, it was an easy life for a lot of these people. And the reason they were getting drunk was because shit was tough for them. You know, the educational part, um, maybe they didn't have full education. Like I said, they were first generation. They were working in, in many cases. I remember drunk was working in factories and, you know, they had jobs that were, were, they could, they were able to manage their jobs being drunk, you know, the previous day and you go in and you do your thing, you bang your work out. Like if me and you did, were to do that, we wouldn't succeed in our on our jobs, right? I you'll have a hangover, and like we would not function. So, son, if, if I get drunk today, I'm I'm out of commission for like the next four days. Like it is, it's it is tragic. Forget about oh it. man, the good old days. Um, 
Yeah, I don't want to move on because Junko is is such a, a good place. But you know, as I was reviewing the list that we came up with, uh, for my third round draft pick, I'm gonna group two groups, two two sets together, because uh, because they're related to something that I think in our in our upbringing is is uh, is important, and it's church. Yeah. So, you know, one side of of my draft pick is the over eager pastor. And his dressed up family. And so, you know, this is the, the, the guy who they opened up the church that is not in a church. It's, it's in like a, a building that's a big space, you know, and they have the folding chairs. They don't have pews. Uh, they, they got their son plays the drums, you know, and, and his brother is on the bass. And, you know, they, uh, uh, but he's always like dressed up guy. The pastor's always dressed up but so is his family. You know, so you got this poor kid who's five, six, seven, and he's in the streets playing with us, but he's in a suit. Bendito, I like, <laughs> I him. Um, the, the sweetest people, right? Like, so nice. I have nothing bad to say. Very nice, right? They, they did good stuff for the community, but they were always, always dressed up. Like, it was, every day was a church day. These were people that were in church Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday was the big church party. On the flip side, okay, go ahead. No, and they were deep, right? Like they were like, yeah, like six, seven, eight cats. Like they were like, obviously the parents and always like more than three kids, bro. Yeah, more than three kids. And then when you ran into them, right? Um, I I didn't I didn't see you uh, in Los Servicio. They're, they're like you know they guilt tripped you a little bit. Like I didn't see you in church this week. You know? right, pero pero. Eh, <laughs> Eh, tuve que ir pa, pa la casa de, de Titi Marco. Yeah, I had, I had to go to uh, Pennsylvania. Uh, you know, we had a, a birthday party. Or, I'll see you next week, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right, because right, tengo una palabra para ti. El Señor me dio un mensaje y tengo, you know, like I have a message from God for you, but you have to come to church. And I'm, you know, in my head, I'm like, just tell me now. And that, no, no, you got to come to church. Yeah, he's not going to give you that that message yeah, right then and no, there. You, you got to come to church. Uh, but in that analogous or perpendicular parallel to uh, overeager pastor is the Jehovah's Witness family. Hmm. And <clears throat> again, not a bad word, you know, their beliefs being their beliefs, but like they're knocking at your door eight o'clock in the morning on a Sunday because they, they want to talk to you about the, 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 the uh, el testigo de, Jehová, de Jehová. but I went to school with these kids, right? And so you know the girls always in skirts, like dressed very uh, uh, typical of, of of feminine identity, and then the boys again dressed up. But like when I found out that they didn't celebrate birthdays or Christmas or you know Easter or any of those things that I came up with, it, like they sadly we made fun of it at that point because we didn't understand it. Um, but the Jehovah's Witness family is, is very much a part of, of my upbringing. And, and I give them credit because I work in an environment where um, there is a thing called prospecting and call calls, right? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> you can imagine, you know, I call people that are, you know, that, uh, I want to say our educator, right? And I'm not saying people in the hood are not educated, but um, I call educated that, a different way. Yeah, yeah, right. And and, yeah, and they're yeah. and they're, you know, they 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 are accustomed to picking up a phone call and speaking to somebody. Jehovah's Witness, right? They go knock on every single door, right? Mm -hmm. And if you grew up in an environment that we grew up in, you know that there there's us. <laughs> There are not a lot of people that are receptive to that. No. Who the fuck is knocking on my door at eight o'clock in the morning on Sunday? <laughs> you know, like, man. And man, I've I've seen you know moms in, in in you know, and my mom's is not a person that would typically get upset, yeah. but you know that that was something that was a little upsetting because you know a knock on your door in the hood yeah. sometimes it's not the best thing so but i give them credit no. yeah i mean they, they, listen they did they did their job they they did what they had to do but and and you know like you future cast it when when you meet these 
Jehovah Witness children later on in life, many of them have moved away from the religion, have come out in in so many different ways, right? So the other thing that's interesting as we were doing this list is reminiscing about like who were the people that we met as as kids coming up on the block and like who they are now as adults, completely different uh, uh, people. Um, so yeah, so that was so that was you know I, I cheated, I combined two, but I you know it's like a combination. The church, the church angle there, you know, did it for me. Who's who's next on your list? Oh man, I I think you're gonna like this this next person on my list. It's it's Bodega Man. <laughs> Bodega Man <laughs> and his cat. <laughs> yes. Oh uh, yeah. Yes. So Bodega Man in 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 my uh, community was it, it happened to be an an old school Puerto Rican man too, right? Um, as soon as you walk into the 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 Bodega. You already hear, Kaku Ciento Cinco. You know. <laughs> Yo, you just took me back yeah. to Puerto Rican radio. Oh my God. It, 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 it's, you know, you got La Salsita playing, a veces yes. un merengazo, una bachata, yes. whatever, right? Um, the reggaeton wasn't big back then. So it was always no. some, some Spanish, you know, it was either, you know, Jerry Rivera, some, you know, some old El Gran Combo. Tito um, Rojas. Tito Rojas, you know, exactly. Jose Alberto El Canario. Yeah, but, yeah. but Bodega Man knew you so well because, remember, this is our corner store. This is beyond the supermarket where, you know, moms and pops go to stack up on groceries. The Bodega was it for everything else. Yeah. So, yeah. Drunko would send me, hey, Vete para la bodega, un six pack de Budweiser, por favor. <laughs> and they sold it to you. And they sold it to you. You're like 10 years old. Yes. Yeah. Um, but but they again, because they know you, right? They 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 know, oh, you know, I say, you know, they they just know who you are. And yes. and and I love Bodega Man, you know, because at the same time, Bodega Man was also, he was hooking you up too with like if you didn't have that quarter for that quarter water right you just had a quarter for the chips you're like okay you know just take it just bring me back the quarter jet jerry yes and he would yeah. let you slide you know and 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 another funny thing is i remember my mother would send me at at, at an early age she would send me to get you know cigarettes better she would also send me to get paper toilet right like and i would go and i and i remember telling the bodega man you know mommy get it eh, papel de culo <laughs> <laughs> this <laughs> for for our non-Spanish speaking friends, that's that translates into ass paper. Yeah. But to me it was papel de culo because it, you know, I said I want papel de culo. You know, you and such a hibado, that. <laughs> <laughs> but he was always he, he would always crack up and um but they treated you well. And that's one thing I liked about Bodega Man. And Bodega Man, again, like again, first maybe first generation or even Hibaro that happened to, you know, just set up shop. His mm-hmm. Spanish was on point. His English was not that, you know. And you remember when you had your, you know, your friends that were in Puerto Rican and he would try to speak that English, you know, hey, what, you come here every day. What What do you want? You know, you know, like he, yeah. you, that accent would come out. Um, yeah. But also one of the reasons I like Bodega Man because he was also, and you know, we didn't have a lot of, uh, people that we can look up to. Bodega Man was somebody you can look up to. You know, he had his business and you didn't realize it. This man had his business. That's, yeah. that's such, that's such, you know, I, upon reflection, you know, I look, I look back at Bodega Man. And so I, I had two Bodega Mans. One was literally around the corner from, from where my father lived. And then the other one was across the street from where my father worked. Uh, and so one was called Santos. Right, so that was around the, from where he lived. Of course, then, he was called Santos. Um, I believe the other guy was called something like Pituling or, <laughs> or, or something like that, right? Because these nicknames, I don't know where they come from, but but um, they they sold a ten year old a six pack, right? Like I could go get the and back in the day they used to make the little half cans of Budweiser, so they would send me, you know, my my tios or my my dad would send me to get the half can of Budweiser. They sold it to me. Go get me a, a pack of Marlboro. They sold it to me. And like Bodega Man introduced me to the concept of credit. Because he, if you didn't have it, he pulled out his black and white notebook 
wrote down what you and and the amount that you owed, right? And then on payday, you will come back and you will pay Bodega Man. Man, you you took me back, right? You took me back to Puerto Rico a little bit with that one. Um, Because that's, I didn't realize that that happened in your neighborhood. It happened a lot in Puerto Rico. So in Bede La Bodega, it was La Panaderia, where my father had a credit line and it was a book. And the guy would just on consignment, just write it in his book. Try try going to Macy's and get shit on credit like that without shit. that credit card, right? Oh, no, you pay me on, on Friday. And that's the thing about our neighborhood is like you knew the people in the hood. Like you you knew where these people lived. You knew the building, right? You knew who the kids were. I, you know, sadly, and, and and I don't know where Santos is. Right? I know that right now <laughs> the store is, is now a, a Mexican ice cream shop. But Santos sold me my first pack of cigarettes that I tried smoking with my boy. Uh, And I went under the guise of my father want the cigarettes. It wasn't, it wasn't for my father. It was for (laughs) my boy. And we, we both smoked one cigarette each and never ever smoked again because it was the worst thing in my life. So uh, I feel like maybe Santos figured it out because the next time I went into the store, he looked at me like, was that really for your father? It, it, it's like, to a certain point, it's like Junko, right? Junko would, yeah. he would tell you never drink this sh- shit that I'm drinking. And you go, oh, get it, pero And you would taste it as a kid. It was nasty. Nasty. And nowadays, again, I, I enjoy a nice beer every now and then. And, and, hey, and the funny thing is that, that we both mentioned Budweiser. Like, <laughs> there was nothing, there was no craft beer back in the day. No, you know? craft yeah, beer? What the fuck? Yeah, cool, you know, that one man. IPA, like, but that carajo, what the fuck is an IPA? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right, all right. So look, we're at the we're at the half hour mark, and we still haven't cut into this list. So I, I'm gonna go to the next one. I think when I mentioned it, you liked it, and then like then I had to flip the script on you. Sure. So the other person in the neighborhood is, and and this is I'm I'm taking this directly from the streets. Your fine ass cousin that everyone is always asking about. <laughs> and so when I mentioned it to you, you were like, yeah, you know, I had female fine ass cousins, right? And I, I, you know, I think many of us did. But I also had what I, I would find out was some fine ass male cousins also that like the girls would ask me about. And, you know, part of me was like, you know, I'm right here. Like, I'm fine too. I, I came to realize I was not as fine as I thought I was as as a young man. But um, your fine ass cousin that everyone always asks about. Yeah. Like, I, I, you're right. I think you're right though. You had you had your female fine ass cousin, then you had your your cousin that that bro that everybody was asking about too, which is so funny. And you were like, man. And you knew he he was smooth though. I was, I'm not gonna lie. He was a smooth cat, and he knew he looked good too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I had a uh, um, on the block. We had a, a few. Um, there was actually a lot of females that that, um, that were a little bit older than I was, and um, they actually would they would take me under the wing, right? And and they were they would invite you to the park, and, and you know, and you're walking with them to the park, and you're like 10, 11 years old. They're banging in your eyes. Yeah, they're fine, but you really don't know. Your mind can't handle none of that. What, how I, how I knew that they were fine is that every dude that we passed was catwalking them. I mean, it was just like, "Hey, mamita, you know, you know, can I, you know, si camina como cocina, me como hasta el pegado, you know, like it was." It, it, and it's funny, right? Because I, I, I. I I experienced that and, and I saw how mad they were too, right? And and I I kind of mentioned it because I don't do that. I would like I, I'm not, you know, and I'm not saying this because I'm a you know, I'm I'm different. I just to me, I saw how insensitive that was. Yeah. And but, you know, it came with the ter- territory of being a fine ass person so you got yeah you know kudos to to you but at the same time you know and that's and 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 nowadays that's a big thing too so 
just wanted to acknowledge that part. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we trying to we trying to get to that to that level of wokeness that recognizes that that cat calling, you know, y, y tirando piropos or you know what what is considered harmless flirting, yeah. was you know it's it's a form of harassment, you know, and 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 all that kind of stuff. That being said, <laughs> there was always the fine ass cousin, and typically they were older than you, right? Because the the younger ones were, were younger. So like you you, for me, I'm talking like. 16, 17, 18, 19, uh, these were cousins that were going clubbing in the city, um, you know, who, who potentially, you know, also, I, I think that we, we mentioned, like, the block hotties, uh, you know, who, like, the, the, for me, it was the girls that were older that then discovered life beyond the Brooklyn neighborhoods and we're going to manhattan and going clubbing and uh going to those places and 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 you know some some of those were cousins of, of my boys but you know again we all had at least one fine ass cousin on either side that you always got asked about like yo could you put me on and <laughs> oh that's my cousin like yeah that was wrong with you. So awkward, right? That's so awkward. It, it did. I, mean, <laughs> I, I know what you're trying to do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're trying to do. <laughs> who, who else you got from our list? You know who I like a lot too? Uh, I like car guy, man. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you mean always working on his car guy? Oh my God. Like, you know, it, it, le daba tanta atención al cabrón carro. You know, like the... <laughs> Car was his life, you know, and and you know, oddly enough, I, I became car guy, you know, in Puerto Rico. I, I became car guy because in Puerto Rico, you you had la malquesina, right, where mm -hmm. you were able to clean your car consistently versus the, the you know the the streets of New York where you know your car you don't really care about your car, right, because it's. You know, it's well that or alternate side of the street parking. Exactly, the rules are in effect. Like you, you, you had yeah. too much other things to worry about than to just set up with your tools and, and try to fix it. But Brooklyn car guy gave no fucks about the circumstances. That car was his baby, and it was always on point. And you know, the, there was there was a few car guys, right? There was car guy that had the you know. The kind of the RX-7, you know, Maz RX-7, which is a, like a classic car, but it wasn't a new car, but in his eyes, it was brand new and he kept it that way, right? And and the booming system, you know, always la bandera puertorriqueña o dominicano, you know, hanging from the, yeah. uh, the, the rear view. Um, one thing about car guy that I admire is, 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 Persistence. I mean, this guy was just it, it, it. The car was just it smelled like you know, it, like all like types cherry? of beanos. <laughs> 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 Similar to Titi Chacon, where you know you yes. embrace Titi Chacon. Once you get in a car guy's car, forget about it. You 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 smell like a beano. Like you smell. Yeah, like a, you you came out of the car smelling like the yes. car because they had like the 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 the, the pine yeah. tree. They had like seven on the rearview mirror. And then they had like three on the hook, <laughs> on the coat hook in the back. I, I don't even know if they make coat hooks in cars, but back in the day, there was a little hook that you could put a coat on, uh, like, like you had a hanger in a car. I don't know. <laughs> um, see, for you, like car guy, always working on his car guy, like the car actually worked. For me, <laughs> I, the car stayed parked in the same place, never moved. Was, you know... Like he had new wheels on it. Like, you know, at one point he had it up on a tress because he was getting new wheels. Boom, the new wheels are on. Never saw those wheels get used because the car never moved because it never worked. Right? <laughs> Booming system. Like he would play music for the for the block party, like great, awesome. But the engine never worked. Like it needed a new transmission, it needed a new carburetor, it needed a new head, it needed a new thing. And so my experience with car guy is like Six o'clock in the morning, he's out there under the car, you know, coming out looking like a grease monkey, but the car never fucking moved. So let, 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 let me ask you something, right? So how, like, everybody on the block becomes a mechanic because of car guy. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Everybody I mean, is contributing. Like, there's 
five dudes huddling around yes. the hood of yes. the car, telling yeah. car guy, no, esa batería está jodida. <laughs> yes. And one of them is holding the flashlight because it's like <laughs> seven o'clock at night and it's still out there. Um, yeah. But but also, you know, what what, what I take, I take away from car guys, it's, again, it boils down to the economics of the hood, right? Yes. Um, Yes. If I if like I'm not spending two hundred and fifty dollars to take this car to the mechanic para que el tipo me diga que la batería está jodida. Yeah. I'm gonna figure this out, right? And car guy will f- eventually, you know. Well, in some cases, maybe not. But I give him credit because he is constantly trying to figure it out. And believe it or not, some of these car guys. They become your 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 local mechanic and, and and they set up shop and I've seen it happen from where you know a car guy all of a sudden they don't garage in la esquina and he's making good money. God bless him. Absolutely. God bless him. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I love car guy. <laughs> I mean, listen, we we are at the, we are sadly at the forty six. No, yeah. And we haven't even um so I'm what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna abbreviate some of these uh for the purposes of 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 you know giving people a taste of like who we talked about, but uh the, and then there's one that I wanna I wanna pay some respect to because uh they were they were important. So, you know, we have we have tracksuit guy who was the dude that always wore a tracksuit and uh uh what know, type like of tracksuit? So the tracksuit was like Adidas. But then his sneakers were Puma. Like, <laughs> keep it consistent, bro. Um, there is, you know, so we came up with Hustle Man, right? Uh, who who was always selling something, always hustling something. I draw a line to him to Verdura Man, uh, who was the the fruit and vegetable guy. Yeah. Um, who who? By the way, you know, my main memory of this guy is from the island. You know, they they would have their little station wagon, and in the back was caña, mavi, yuca, plátano, uh, cebolla, um, uh, recaito, uh, you know, sofrito that the wife made, pastel. Like they 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 just they knew what they had to work with, and and you know they they brought it to the people. He was a mobile market. Yes, produce with everything fresh. So you know. We see that in our environments now, where where you know people are setting up shots to sell you know their stuff. We had the, the man in La Guaguita. Yeah, I mean, my my favorite was uh, La Guaguita de la Dona. Oh, like, he God. came with the sugar donuts. Ooh, mm. Those were great. Um, some like the crew. We, we didn't talk about the crew, but there's in your crew, right? You had the Zen Cat, uh, and for me, this was the the peace loving brother. You know, he studied martial arts. But he didn't really do it to people because he's like, you know, these hands, I could kill people. So. <laughs> he was serious about it too. He, he, you know, he could quote you Bruce Lee and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, he also, like, he smelled like incense. Uh, <laughs> he he wore different kind of clothes. Yeah, and, and Senkat, for some reason, was like a ghost, right? Like, you would see him every now and then. But, yeah. but you didn't know where this motherfucker would go at nighttime. Like, you <laughs> no. Where the fuck did no. he go? Like I tell, and on my block, my Zen cat, like he was dating this chick from from Manhattan, uh, who when she showed up, like she was the very definition of a soul sister. So she had like the dashiki with the afro, um, and and like everybody saw her and was like stunned by her by her beauty and presence. But he didn't he didn't bring her to the block often, right? Because cats was mad disrespectful. So. You know, for me, Zen Cat, I know where he was disappearing to. He was going to Manhattan to go be with yeah. his, with his. He, he had a, he had to get out of the environment where he can find yeah. it. Zen at, yeah. at, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sports guy was also <laughs> in the crew, and you know, like you may be sports guy in my crew. This is the guy that like, can we can, let's go play ball, bro? Let's like let's go play ball. Like, can we go right now? Like let's let's Sunday let's go play ball. Saturday let's go play ball. Friday night let's go play ball. <laughs> but, but there, there's sports cat that that kind of sucks at sports though. So. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, that guy. But there was a sports guy. There was, you know, and this most of the time, my sports guy, like he was like, yo, yo I'm better than Isaiah Thomas. No, you're not, bro. You're you're not better than 
yo, bro, I could take it to the hole on these. Like, he he exaggerated his athletic prowess. I could catch a touchdown. You cannot, you can't even get on the field, bro. But sports guy uh, existed uh, and was almost always dressed in athletic gear. I don't think he owned a pair of jeans. It was either socks, sweatpants, sneakers. Um, Fight Club. There's another guy. This is the guy that was ready to fight everybody. Um, you know, sometimes it was drunkle, but fight guy was just a hothead. And you sometimes didn't want him around because he was setting shit off and you were not ready to fight. He was a problem. Yeah, he, he was just a problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't I didn't really like him. No. Um, he but, got he, he, but everybody had it. Like there was always oh, yeah. that one dude on the block. Absolutely. Yeah, he got jumped one time uh, a couple of blocks away appropriately for stirring up shit on another of block course. and they came back to the block and was like yo come with me we're gonna go back over there and we were like what yeah. if they came here and jumped you absolutely we you know yeah. but you got jumped over there because you were being a dumbass nah bro you earned that one hey it's funny how there's there's rules to the jump game though right <laughs> if it happened on the rules. block then we got you if it happened yeah. two blocks away from here nah that's you're on your own bro yeah, yeah, we can't we can't mess with you there. Uh smooth smooth bro. You know, he he existed. Yeah. He was uh he I mean for me this was this is one of my cousins. He had all the girlfriends. And don't you think that smooth bro always try to also like speak smooth, right? Like it, it was a, yeah. it was a whole entire persona. It wasn't just <laughs> The look, it was this cat was just dropping some words. They'd be like, "What?" Well, you know what's funny is, so I'm gonna try to emulate it as best I can. This, oh, this is gonna down. be my my uh, my interpretation of put Smooth Bro. So, so like when you hanging out with Smooth Bro, he's talking like this, right? But let just one female show up, like <laughs> you know, coming going back home from the store or something. All of a sudden, he's like, "Yeah, fellas, what I what I feel is that like." In a situation like this, we need to be better versions of ourselves. And, you know, like take this young lady, for instance, who's walking here past us. Like she's a a, a wonderful example of the beauty inherent in, in the body of a woman made manifest. Uh, my queen, if I could have a, a, a moment of your time uh, to please speak with you uh, away from these ruffians. And like, did you just call us ruffians, bro? Because a minute ago... We was your your compadres, and now I'm a ruffian. And what? Why did your voice go up three octaves? <laughs> to, to it, talk it, to this, and we knew he was coming out right as soon as yeah. we saw the female walking down the street. We yeah. knew like, oh, this this yeah. cat's gonna get into his old smooth, you know, his persona. whole body language changed. Yeah, yeah. He, did, he did like a, you know, he adjusted his shirt. He made sure it was, tucked and, and it worked. Sometimes I think it, you know, it was like okay, it, that seems to him. work. He was there. Yeah, I was never smooth, bro. You know, it was funny because we talk about some of these people and like, did we grow up to become them? Uh, I was I, not. I, I think we, we, we personally, we, we pulled from all these people, right? Like we, yeah. we do yeah. things that, you know. An amalgamation, like, uh, <laughs> if you will, of, of these personas. Yeah. Um, always pregnant girl. I'm not laughing at that one, but I got it's, it's not funny. It's not funny, Benito. Um, and you know, like I think as we discussed it, she she was a beautiful girl that like a bunch of different cats lusted or or wanted, but she was always pregnant, so you never had a chance to 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 shoot your shot. Um, so you know, she was there. But here's a person I wanna I wanna you know give props to as as we get to to wrap up the episode, um, is the trans person, or or the transitioning person. Uh, every block, at least that I came around or came up in, had one person who was transitioning in their identity. Uh, and and in my coming up, typically it was male to female. Um, <clears throat> Uh, uh, on the cutting edge of fashion, cutting of edge of music, like uh, on a whole level of different level of understanding of the world around them, all that kind of stuff. Had to fight a fucking battle to just be who they were, but 
some of them got lucky enough to to be accepted on the block that they came up on you know so for us there was cookie um who just was cool as shit and was living a different life than than most of us were coming up um you know on some blocks they didn't have it so easy uh, but at least in the places where i was able to to be you know like cookie was good people and and you know didn't have beef with with, with folks and was allowed to just be herself yeah and and you can imagine with everything that's going on in in the environments uh that we're growing up in right there's there's a lot right there's 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 the drug game there is um you know there is the economy situation the educational part of it um and then the there is all that for somebody that's going through a transition um and to not be accepted on the block where they're growing up. I mean, talk about being outcasted, right? Yeah. Um, but I agree. And like that person, you know, I think, you know, we're, we're, we're compassionate people. And you will have that one or two asshole that will try. But once like the crew, the, the you know, the, the mechanic guy gets along with, with Cookie, right? You know, tracksuit guy even gets along with Cookie because Cookie becomes a, you know, we see the struggle. And again, that compassion just, we're going through shit too, right? It's a different scenario. But we also know that we're all in this together. And that's the thing, that's the thing about the block. We're all in this together, you mm-hmm. know, and, and that boils down to we don't know how to um maybe manage all the situations that come about but we're going to try and we might not do it in the perfect way in the in the way that um you know from a doctoral point of view should be the pres- the proper prescription of how to handle the situation nobody on the block has that education yeah. but yeah. cookie also embodies us for who we are too or also you know she knows that we're going through stuff too or he knows that we're going through stuff too right um mm-hmm. And they're compassionate to us as well, and that's where that affection for that person comes in, man. And 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 you really dig this person, you know. You feel you feel like they. It feels to a certain point like a like a like a even like a mother figure, father figure kind of person that really is trying to drop knowledge on you because they're also going through stuff and they're seeing stuff. They're they're more intuitive to to everything because they're hypersensitive, and you didn't realize it why they were so hypersensitive, yep. man. Yep. Um, so, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and I, I think it's that's a great note to go out on. Yeah. You know, is is to to your point that the the block was this extended family, and and everyone played a number of different roles. And you may not have been related by blood, but you were certainly related by address. And you know, your block was sometimes just the 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 one corner to the one corner. Sometimes your block was like four blocks that encompass a couple of avenues and a couple of streets over. But what it came down to is that many people were in tune with like this idea of it takes a village, you know? So for me as a kid coming up, I seen all these people, they, they certainly influenced, uh, affected or, or, or directed some of, of my growth and, and, and shaped my worldview. And I was lucky to come up in a place that was as diverse as it was in Brooklyn gets credit for being one of the most diverse boroughs in the New York City diaspora, right? If we're going to call New York City diaspora. Like, we have everybody and their cousin on these streets. And for me, that was a great blessing because it allowed me to figure out how to move in the world because I knew a little bit about everybody's story. Yeah, and and that's where um, the whole street smart um, analogy comes from, right? you're street smart because you're ex- you're exposed to so many different characters that oh you know you know that that's where that phrase comes from man like it, it's a true new yorkian phrase you know it, because again we're just exposed to so many layers of different um characters that we take those people, you know, it, they do become a part of you. Um, but yeah, man, that's that's Brooklyn for you right there. I mean, Brooklyn. and that's that's it. many hoods too, but that's Brooklyn for it's you. It's our Brooklyn hood. That's our Brooklyn. <laughs> that's our neighborhood. 
And so on that note, with our last 50 seconds, uh, before we hit the hour mark, because this was an hour-long show, and hey, fuck it, this is what yeah, it is. Enjoy it. It's a beautiful you... day in this neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighborhood. I love it. Would you be Sorry. mine? We love our people. We love our audience. It's and we a hope you come back next week. Episode 5. Would you be mine? Peace, me. Could you be mine?